Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 56 is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics for you, the listeners. Retro Rebel is released every Thursday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy. Amanda is somewhere probably slumbering at the moment, but today we are joined by our Temple of Geek fearless leader, Daniel. Welcome back to the show, brother. How's it going, man? going on man well i have a very special topic specific for us and maybe for the show as it is called retro rebel um so we are going to talk about retro gaming today but first and foremost you know we always go around the room and and uh figure out what everybody's been playing so what have you been playing man uh just recently the uh uh, street fighter just recently had a uh, 30th anniversary um so they released a 30th edition uh 30th anniversary edition across Xbox, uh, PlayStation, and Nintendo Switch, believe it or not, and I believe Steam. Oh, wow. And this 30th anniversary edition comes with every single Street Fighter game all the way through Street Fighter 3, I believe it is. Might be 4. I can't remember. I haven't I haven't touched it yet. Um, but it's in the package. <laughs> um, yeah, right. But I went and picked that up yesterday, and I'm actually, I haven't played it yet, but I am excited to dig into it and start playing it. Um, besides that, I have been playing Donkey Kong Country on the Nintendo Switch, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I played uh, Streets of Rage, a classic uh, game from the Genesis era. They released a the the what is it called Xbox 360 free right. games a couple. Uh, I guess it was last month. So I yeah. went ahead and beat the first two games of that: uh, Streets of Rage One and Streets of Rage Two. Very um, nice. Marcus and I. <laughs> it's a little side story. <laughs> Marcus and I were playing it. Um, you know, I told you a couple weeks ago that I've, me and Marcus have been trying that streaming uh, video game play. Yeah, where yeah. You can, if you have a game that somebody else doesn't have, you can stream to play. You know, we've done it on PlayStation. Well, on Xbox, we were like, well, let's just go ahead and play a two-player game because we don't want to do the streaming crap because it lags so bad. So we decided yeah. to play that Streets of Rage game, and I swear to God, he was so pissed off at me because we got all the way to the freaking boss in the first Streets of Rage. <laughs> and <laughs> when you get to the boss, you get an option. You either join him or fight him to the death, right? So I chose to join him, and when you do that, he drops you back three whole stages, <laughs> and you have to fight those stages all over again. Oh, do The you correct really? option <laughs> is supposed to be you're supposed to fight him to the death and beat so you can finish out the game. He was so pissed because he was bored out of his mind, you know, playing those old school games. And just the fact that we had to go back through those stages again. <laughs> it was just funny. It was hilarious. So what have you been playing? Well, um, I have not been playing as much. Amanda would bust my chops for this. Um, I've, I'm still working on God of War, and I told her last time. It's in my top five probably all-time games. Uh, the new God of War, um, I can't, uh, I can't recommend it high enough in terms of like you know the past or most recent games. At least for me, uh, there are a lot of games that I own that I haven't had a chance to really dive into that I'm sure are really good. 
you know, Fallout 4 I still have, and I haven't been able to really get into it. But God of War is just so much fun, and they've changed the things that I didn't like necessarily about the other iterations, and this one I really enjoy, and I've said it every week. But anyway, one day this year I'm going to finish it. Um, but it's really a deep game, and I mean, even if you watch like The Completionist or anybody who's played these games thoroughly, there's a ton of little side things and collectibles, and actually in this game there are actually side quests and side bosses that you can go fight. Um, that really stretch this game out, but they don't make it feel like it's stretched out, at least not to me. Um, everything is really fun. So uh, I've been playing that. I've also downloaded a few games to play. Um, I downloaded uh, Beyond Two Souls, uh, which was game for uh, PS Plus, I guess, in May. Uh, and then um, Phantom Pain, I downloaded on Xbox yeah, to play. And then I... Did you get it? As well, yes. Okay, yeah. So uh, that's those were two games I picked up. And then I also have the last few. Uh, um, oh, the, uh, the the last two episodes for the Batman Telltale game. Okay. So that that's you know more or less what I've. Uh, at least I have a bunch of stuff on the docket. I haven't really been playing a whole lot of it. Uh, the only thing I have been playing regularly, um, you know, in, to fruition, to end, um, is Hearthstone. So I continue to play it. Once The Witchwood came out, uh, that's probably the only game that I really have time <laughs> to play consistently. Because, uh, you know, it's little short blurbs. But every now and then I'll have about a 20-minute match with somebody uh, on that. Um I'm having a lot of fun with it. I pretty much play with one deck. I play with the, the mage deck, and uh, and I I found a nice tempo mage deck that I really enjoy playing. And I'm sure that all of this means nothing to you, um, but nonetheless, it is a fun game. That's awesome. Yeah. So, but anyway, so that's what I've been playing, and and uh, that's that's uh, I'm. Looking forward to having some more time now that I've got the summer. I've got some time to maybe catch up on some of that stuff. But um, for the next segment, I really like to go into a little bit of gaming news. I don't know if you have anything specific um, that you wanted to uh, mention, but uh, I wanted to touch on a couple things. First and foremost, uh, the Sega uh, Mega Drive Classics was released recently, and kind of to some uproar. Did you hear any hear anything about this? No, I haven't. Uh, I, they're just some notable games that were left off of it. I, to me, it's it's not that big of a deal, but I mean, they they have the Sega Mega Drive or the Sega Mini already out. You're talking about the uh, 50 whatever it was plus yeah. games that came out in the PS4. Yes. What the hell are people complaining about? Oh, I don't know. I mean, just that there were some some major games that were left off. Uh, some notable uh, games. I think like Sonic Three was left off. Uh, um, anyway, to, to me, it's not that big of a deal. But um, I just thought it was interesting that, that some people were pretty upset uh, <laughs> about uh, you know some things that are not you know that weren't included in a package uh, deal. But I mean, I don't know. I, I, what's your what's your opinion on these these collections that you can get? You know, they're nice if you don't have all the games and you and you want to play some maybe some of the gems that you don't feel like hook up your genesis or something like that so that right. that's cool for that but you know 
when I play these classic games, I want to play them on the classic controller and all that other stuff. So playing them on the PlayStation controller just doesn't feel right to me. Right. Uh, but you know, I've picked I picked up these compilations before. You know, I have the last the last one that came out, uh, which was the ultimate. What was it called? Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection or whatever, and it came with it came with like thirty five or something like that plus games on, and it was released on the PS three. So I, you know, I have yes, that. Yeah. Uh, and of course, you know, I picked up like the NES Classic, the Super NES Classic, which, even though they're hardware, they they came with the compilations. But I, I feel those differ because you get to play on the controller, and and it feels like you're playing the original hardware, even though you're not. So, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I have mixed feelings about those. Yeah, I I do as well. I mean, I think that they're, I think, the first one that I actually got was uh, with. The Game Pass, I think, is that what the Xbox version is called? The Game Pass, correct. Where you can pay, I think it's like eight or nine bucks a month, and you you have access to all these games. And uh, there, I think there was an Atari one, maybe, uh, that they had on there, and you could download like Pac-Man and a bunch of other games. And um, I, albeit obviously, that's the lowest resolution one that we could get, the lowest, the least amount of bits and pixels that we could possibly, uh, you know, in a compilation. Um, but that's one thing that even I've learned about the Nintendo, uh, you know, the eShop that they used to have, where you could go and, and, and basically download games that I've already purchased multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the nostalgia factor is strong, and a lot of those games don't hold up to me. Um, and so I would be playing, you know, Pac-Man's actually kind of fun. Galaga's kind of fun for a minute. Um, and... But and I think I'd like to have maybe like a cabinet, a stand-up cabinet of it to go and play on occasion. I like to hear the the music in the background, but it's not something that I could just sit and doesn't engage me, you know, for very long. So uh, it's pretty superficial. Probably something I could play on my phone um, or on a Game Boy. But anyway, moving up from there, there there are uh, you know, I mean, almost from a collector standpoint, I kind of want to have the Nintendo, the Mini Nintendo, and that Mini Super Nintendo. Uh, there are a couple games on there, like the Star Fox game I've never played that I'd kind of like to get a chance to play. Uh, it also has, I think it's got Final Fantasy four on it, doesn't it? The Super Nintendo? It comes with... Uh, or Final Fantasy two. Final Fantasy uh, three, actually. Okay, I didn't know if it was two and three or if it's just two. I don't remember okay. seeing two on there. Okay, maybe it's just it's, three. Well, three is uh, great. It's Chrono Trigger, Secret of Mana, Final Fantasy three. Slash six, right? Uh, but yeah, two's not on there. Okay, well, good deal. Well, I, I wasn't sure. I but that's one of the that's actually one of the games that I'd like to have. But that's something we can get to later. Um, and I also wanted to mention that back uh, in the first segment where we were talking about games that we're playing, there is a game that I want to play that I haven't played yet. Kind of in the it's in the zeitgeist. It's in the uh, you know in, in current in the discussion, and that's the Detroit Become Human. I definitely want to play it. Um, I I've heard enough good things about it, and I don't really hate David Cage enough. I mean, I I don't hate him at all. I mean, I enjoy his games. Heavy Rain actually was really moving, uh, even though it was kind of clunky in some of the things, and I was terrible at the quick time events, uh, and got half the cast killed <laughs> before the end of the game. But my version and my story in that game, I mean, to me, was how the game was supposed to end. I mean, I didn't see half the game for the female character because she died. 
Don't, you know, I don't even know what what her what her story was because she was dead. He's like, I killed um, her off. It was an accident. Well, I didn't mean to. I mean, in fact, she <laughs> dies in a very horrible way. Spoiler alert! Terrible. I mean, she may die in multiple horrible ways. I don't know, but the way that she ended up dying in on my game was off-putting and terrible. And uh, so I was like, okay, that happened. I had no idea that was even an option. Uh, and you know, and the game just keeps going, you know. And from what I heard, Become Human is the same thing. It's like you don't miss a beat if something happens to a character or the it branches off in a different way and somebody dies. It doesn't. There's no game over screen. You just keep going, you know. So, and, and literally, there is no game over screen. You just keep playing. You may reach the end, and the end may not be the one you wanted, but it, you know, it's a result of your decisions, you know. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, so I want to play that. Um, so that's really, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of other gaming news. There is that controller, uh, that adapted controller for special populations. I thought that was cool. Yeah, I thought that um, was amazing. I think as well. PlayStation and, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And, and uh, Xbox and PlayStation both, I think, or have have a version of this. Is that correct? I Did believe. You see that? I believe so. Um, I, you know, what I saw when we were chatting about it was the Xbox version. Right, um, yeah. But I think I remember reading in there that, that they were also adapting it for PlayStation as well. Yeah, I think that's the case, which is cool. I mean, I'm just I'm just really glad to see that. And, I mean, I, I can't imagine, you know, never having been able to have that opportunity to play um, and just to watch people and not, not ever think that this was an option for you, you know, and then to have something created for you that would allow you to enjoy something that, that I think we hold very dear. Uh, I think it's just awesome to have that opportunity. So I think it's pretty cool <clears throat> that they, that they came up with that. But, but with that said, I'd like to dive into our, uh, our main topic, which we'll, you know, we'll, we'll just see kind of how this goes and the different directions it decides to branch. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about retro gaming, retro game collecting, and kind of just all that goes into that, what that entails. So a lot uh, of money. Oh, exactly. Well, Daniel, you you are an avid collector uh, of all things kind of uh, retro in general, I would guess. I mean, seeing your collection, I would say that retro collection is kind of your thing. It is something I like to do. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, I do. I do enjoy it. Yes. Thank you. Um, well, so tell me a little bit about how, you know, let's just assume that everybody at this point knows that you like retro gaming, retro gaming is something that we do, so we don't have to go about necessarily the history of that, I guess, but, and we've already talked about that way back, go back and listen to that episode when we all kind of talk about our, our background in this, uh, but in terms of, like, retro game collecting, like, tell us, or, you know, just tell the listeners what goes into that, you know, and what are some of the conventions that you've gone to? Uh... <sighs> Conventions that I've gone to, I'll start with that because that's easy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there's this huge convention that takes place every year in the city of Austin uh, in the July time frame during the summer called right, Classic I definitely Game Fest. Go. Yeah, I definitely want to go Classic Game Fest. Classic Game Fest. And it's it's actually, I don't know if you're familiar with the store Game Over. But okay. Game, Game Over, the store that's all over Austin, they're, they're a classic game store. They actually put this convention on. And last year was their 10th anniversary, and it's, you know, it's a pretty awesome, pretty awesome convention. I mean, they, they try to bring out some 
gaming celebrities, as you will. Um, like last year they had uh, Billy Mitchell, who, as you all, if you've been reading the news, knows that yeah. he has now cheated it and has not actually obtained the score, high score fairly in Donkey Kong. Um, really? I'm sorry, was it Pac-Man? Yeah, it was Pac-Man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he did cheat on that. And so, you know, he's he's been removed from the high scores and all that. Uh, but besides that, they had uh, Walter Day, Ernest Cline. The year before that, Ernest Cline was there. There was, uh, uh, what's his name? The guy who created uh, uh, the game E.T. for Atari. Uh, Wazak, Waziak, I can't think of his name, but he was there. Um, so that, you know, they try to bring in these, these, these game celebrities that the classic fans look up to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also there you get to find a bunch of classic games. So that's, that's the cool part. Now getting into classic, classic game collecting is something that you want to take a look at your pocketbook and see if that's something that you actually <laughs> want to consider because it's, it's a lot of money. It, it Right. You're spending a lot of cash doing this because you got to buy the systems. You got to right. buy the cables. Uh, sometimes they, the cable... So what systems do you have? Oh, boy. Uh, I have a couple of Ataris, a couple of NESs, a Master System, a Genesis, a Sega CD, a Sega Saturn, Sega Dreamcast, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, uh, GameCube... Wii, PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, uh, Neo Geo CD, a, an Intellivision, a ColecoVision, an Atari 7800. Let's just say I have a lot. <laughs> yes, yes, you do have a lot. Um, and we know that basically that retro gaming entails a considerable amount of money. Um, but if, you know, just quick the quick and dirty version of it and you were going to recommend it to somebody else how would you recommend somebody kind of get started should they just pick a, a particular system or yeah, that's, you know that's, how that's actually correct i would recommend that they start with one system pick a system that they have fond memories of something that they know that there's games out there that they want to play so for example let's say you were big into this you know the 16-bit era rpgs pick the super nintendo um, that might be a bad example because a lot of those RPGs are expensive. Um, right. <laughs> but, you know, you can still find a Final Fantasy 2 out there for about $25, $30. You can find a Final Fantasy 3 out there for about 40 bucks. Uh, the Super Nintendo itself will probably run you about $100, $125. So, you know, if you, if you want to start, I would pick one system and collect the games and stuff that you want for that. And don't collect to collect just to say, oh, I have a rare game. Collect what you want to actually play. Um, that's something that a lot of people I, I, I get frustrated with because they run out there and they snatch up all these games because they know they're rare and or that they think they're going to be rare one day or you go to uh, a flea market and out there at the flea market the people are trying to sell their games for high dollar because they see on eBay you know, some of the rare games that actually do sell for a lot of money, they think all games are worth that. And, yeah, that's that's not the case. So just collect what you want. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, I think that's good advice. So, you know, collect what you want. And that also may – that may not help you financially. Uh, it could hurt you uh, if you want everything. Yeah. It uh, but it's at least a good place to start. <laughs> yeah. It's a good place to start at least. Um. So, 
you know, you've picked your, your particular topic, you've picked your uh, game system, you've got your, you know, the, the you know, you're, you're out there searching. Um, do you have any that you would say that uh, are, are kind of like your, not not your not your holy grail per se, but like what are what are some gems, some some that you're looking for, some that are actually really hard to find, and not just ones that are worth money necessarily, but like like games that are actually pretty good that are also, um, I don't know, just that are that would be good finds. Uh, two games that come quickly right off the top of my head is uh, a game on Sega Genesis called Musha. Uh, what Musha is is it's a over-the-top fighter game, uh, 16-bit game that was, you know, plays sort of like uh, some of the shooters of the past, like 1941, 1942, right. those, those type of games. Except you're in a giant mech. Um, so you're flying around, you shoot a bunch of things. The game was released only through Blockbuster, uh, and it was a rental-type game only. It was I, I don't know if y'all remember back in the day, but... Blockbuster used to have, get exclusive video games that they would rent, so that way people it would it would get people excited to go in there and rent stuff from Blockbuster because it was the right, only place yeah. to get it. So Musha was one of those games. Um, that game is actually a one of Sega Genesis really rare games, and I happened to find find that uh, here in my hometown at a flea market one year. I was just happened to be walking down and I saw a stack of Genesis games, and I asked the guy how much he wanted for them. And one of them just happened to be Musha, and I, I went ahead and snatched it up. Um, so that that's a that's a pretty amazing game. There, it's it's pretty fun to play, uh, but it is ultra rare. Uh, another game I would probably suggest it's not as rare um, is, but it it, it is kind of pricey. Uh, is the Chrono Trigger game? I don't know if you ever played Chrono Trigger on Super NES. Absolutely. Um, really fun RPG. Uh, you know, it's kind of an over top. Uh, not it's it's not the turn based style like uh, Final Fantasy, but it's it's more of an open world type situation. No, it almost kind of pioneered the um, how Kingdom Hearts does it. You know, correct. Um, in terms, of you, yeah, you go into you three people part, three person party. Secret of Mana did that as well, or Mana, however you want to. Yeah, and you go that. straight into that battle, and you're you, it's it's an active battle. So like, you know, you see the map. You see the enemies approaching you. The enemies will attack you on the map. You attack the enemies back. You'll go into your your turn base uh, commands and all that stuff while you're playing on the map. And then once the game matches over with, you're still you're still on the map. So it's all happening in real time, basically. It's, it's it was really cool at the time when it came out. Um, and that game also had multiple endings. I can't remember how many endings were actually in that game, but there was there was a ton. Sixteen, I think. Um, yeah, and it, it it allowed for multiple replayability. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's 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 a game. Uh, if you can acquire it, fantastic! You have yourself, you know, a hundred fifty, two hundred dollar game, um, and it's it's a fantastic game as well. So it's it's something that you would want to add to your collection. It's um, I found that uh, at a game store here in my local town. You know, we we used to hit up the game store several years ago, me and my, my other friend, and yeah. they were selling the the most that a Nintendo game was being sold for was twenty nine ninety nine and you could rake in some of the Super Nintendo games, so we were snatching games, you know, as much as we could when their prices were that low. So we acquired Secret of Mana, uh, uh, Chrono Trigger, 
Final Fantasy, you know, all uh, most of the uh, Super Nintendo RPGs for about between twenty four and twenty nine dollars. So, but now that game runs about a hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred dollars. So, um, but those are two games that I could think of right off the top of my head that are not exactly rare. Well, one's rare, um, but it's still out there. You could still find them on eBay. Yeah. You know, and it makes me kind of kick myself. I was kind of, I was of the mindset and always, I really always have been. If a game was really good, I wanted to hold on to it. Correct. You know, I I just held on to it for whatever reason. I don't even know what the reason was. It's like, but I was going to keep my system and I was going to try to take care of it. And I was going to keep up with, you know, the games that I really enjoyed. And and, uh, when it came time where you could actually sell games back, man, I don't even know what I did. Pawn them? What did you do with old games before... Uh, you know, GameStop or, 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 you know, places like that. But I know that I, I started trading in games. And as I became a little bit more independent, I also had less and less, uh, you know, disposable income. Mm-hmm. So as that happened, I started gathering up games and, you know, chipping away at my collection uh, so that I could afford new games. You know, that just was the way it was. And so. There are a lot of games that I ended up trading in that I probably would have kept to this day if I just had enough, you know, money, uh, you know, to buy the newest whatever that I wanted at the time. Because I had a ton of games, you know, I had a, I had a ton of games, and so uh, as I got a little bit older, I started trying to get back to that, and I really, really, I really don't like if I can help it to to buy the digital copies of any of the games. I don't like not having a hard copy of the game. Um, for lots story. of, that's a whole other story, exactly. Um, but uh, you know, at the very least, um, that's that's something tangible that I have. Uh, and so I, I just really like that part of, of of collecting gaming or just keeping my games and and uh, kind of having a, a back catalog and a a library of them, like books, uh, to to some extent. So, uh, so anyway, I, I've a ton of games that I don't have anymore that I wish I did. Uh, most of them are the retro versions. So I've got some PS1 games, I think, and I've got a whole stack of Nintendo, maybe two or three Super Nintendo. Uh, but that's about as, you know, about as far back. And and probably my prized possession of the Nintendo games is Mike Tyson's Punch Out. But um, but anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I was looking around, and I was doing a little bit of research, and I saw, um, you know, some of the more expensive games that you can that you can find out there, and I was just like, so what's the most expensive game? Uh, and so as I was looking, I found a couple games. One uh, was Air Raid for the Atari 2600, which right now is going for about $3,000 uh, a cartridge. I was like, wow, okay, that's, I'm never going to pay that. Don't want Air Raid. <laughs> Uh, you know, game that be... just bleeps and bloops and exactly, yeah. Uh, but as I was looking and I and I because I just googled, you know, the expensive games and, and or most expensive games, rarest games, things like that. And as I was scrolling down, I saw a game that I actually really loved as a kid. It's one that I would like to have. I think if I could go back and and uh, if I could collect games, this is one that I would want. And it was, uh, I think it was on sale for, or they were selling it on eBay for upwards of $500, uh-huh. right? Uh, and it was Muscle Wrestling, you know, uh, M period, U period, S period, C period, L period, E period, you know? 
I don't know if you remember the old toys. Yeah, the little the rubber action toys. figures. Yeah, the little pink, green, yep. pink or green. They were not pink and green. Uh, but you had, you know, and they had all, I mean, there were probably hundreds of different variations of these guys. And uh, they all kind of had the luchador uh, style where they all wore masks. Um, and, uh, you know, anyway, I, I had I had them all. You know, if I could have them all, I had them all. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I just saw it on eBay for a ton of money. And I remember playing it as a kid, you know. And so th- from there, I started deep diving. And tried to, uh, and, you know, was looking up some other games and kind of made a little list of, of some uh, games that I wanted. Um, but, you know, before, you know, before I get into that, I, I kind of wanted to say, you know, see if there were any games that you have on your list that you were kind of looking for. Not necessarily ones that you want to make money for, but maybe just some from a nostalgic standpoint that you wanted to get. Uh, there's always games out there. Um well, tell me, tell me a few of them, and then tell me why. Like, why those games? Like, three or you know, two or three, three or four that you can think of, you know, and why you wanted to get them. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, the first two games I'm getting ready to talk about is uh, Mega Man's five and six. They were uh, there were six Mega Man games on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, I've played five and six since then. You know, I have uh, a Dreamcast. Is it Dreamcast or GameCube? I can't remember what system it is. I think it's GameCube. Compilation of the six games. Um, of which ones? Of Mega Man 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Oh, yeah. Um, I also have it on Game Boy. They just released Mega Man Legacy. Uh, not Game Boy, I'm sorry. Uh, Nintendo 3DS. So I've played these games, but I've always wanted the carts because um, Mega Man was just such an amazing game on the Nintendo. I mean, it was the most frustrating game I've ever played. You'd, you'd progress through the level, you get hit by something, you blow up, you start the level over again. You progress through the level, you lose your energy, you get hit by something, you know, and you just keep doing it until you finally inch your way to the boss. And once you finally get to the boss, you know, you try to figure out what weapon can you use to defeat the boss. And then he kills you, you start all over again. And that's how I played those games. And I got really, really, really good at them. I mean, so good that I could actually, you know, beat the games within a couple hours each one so i mean i was really really in love with those games um when five and six came out the super nintendo was already out and my intention my attention for 8-bit games at the time was kind of waning and it started drawing near the 16-bit system so i never got five and six yeah five and six are actually uh six is about a 20 30 dollar game it's not that expensive but five is kind of rare um, and that runs about 60, 70, maybe 80 bucks. Um, now, if you know me in my personal life, I don't like spending that type of money on video games. My goal is to go out to a flea market or a garage sale or somewhere and pick up a game for like five, 10 bucks. If I could do that, you know, I've, I'm happy. I'm not one of those people that's trying to buy all this stuff so I can resell it. I'm actually buying it to collect it. But I right, and I'm the same way. Yeah, and I just I don't want to spend that type of money. I mean, I will eventually when I if I really 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 want to get it, and I'll crack down and spend that money. But my goal is is to go out there and try to see what I can find before I have to spend that type of money. And I'll get to one of those games here in just a minute when we talk about our our uh, yeah holy grail holy grails yeah okay well. Uh... You know, for me, 
when I was doing this deep dive, I ended up seeing a, a and I have a very eclectic group of of games that I would be interested in. Um, I, because of my initial love of wrestling, and I've loved wrestling, I even invented a game that I totally want to publish through Temple of Geek um, at some point. But uh, it's a it it would be either a tabletop game or some sort of board game. But it's a wrestling game that you have hit points and there's dice involved and cards and everything. I mean, it's awesome. It would be great. It's going to sell. We're, we'll be all we'll all be millionaires. <laughs> um, but uh, it was from looking at that muscle wrestling game. Uh, it just got me thinking about some of the other games that I really loved, and one of them was pro wrestling, the very first wrestling game that was on the NES. That's definitely a game that I would want to have. From a nostalgic, I can name. Almost all the characters on it. You got Ken uh, Ken Con Karn, I think was his name. Uh, maybe the first Korean uh, character on specifically Korean character on the NES. That's funny. Uh, King Slender. You had the Panther Cat. Yeah, or dude, cat, cat dude. Uh, uh, anyway, just a great, a fun game that I remember playing with my friends growing up because it was you know couch co-op you can sit there and that's how some of these so many of these games were where you could sit down and play against someone right there and that's just there's nothing that that can simulate that not playing someone online i'm talking about playing someone right there head to head there's nothing like it on your couch um, <clears throat> so you on your scream couch at them, punch them oh you can just talk trash or they can just stomp a mud hole in you and then you throw your controller it was great and those nintendo controllers were so durable yeah um uh then uh then i was looking down and, and probably one of my favorite sports games uh super dodgeball um i want that game i had it i've had it twice actually and uh the second time i got water damage and was just ruined so i could have kept the cartridge but um, you know i just ended up having to throw it away um but also one of my favorite uh sports games of all time it's probably the most random sports game maybe that's on the nes um but uh an outstanding tremendous game a lot of fun another couch co-op game that was a lot of fun um and then baseball stars on the nes baseball stars i actually have it on my phone maybe using an emulator that's probably totally legal um that uh, what the problem is, and this is the same problem that you had with it on the Nintendo, is that they degraded those games. I'm not sure what part of the the memory would degrade, uh-huh. so that are you familiar with you know kind of what happened to some of these games that had like the battery pack or whatever the memory inside well, I know that like was stored. Some of the games, some of the older games that had batteries, the batteries died, and in order to continue saving your game, you had to replace those batteries. Um, a lot of the Nintendo games that are out, the cartridges that were actually produced by Nintendo, the ones that have the official Nintendo seal of approval, yeah, there hasn't been too many degradation of the cartridges. Um, you you'll find out things like maybe the pins get eaten up and stuff like that. But as for the right. cartridge and the hardware itself inside the cartridge, you know, the only thing that typically fails on them is the battery. Now, the, yeah. The unofficial licensed games, the ones that like are the blue cards or the weird tanging cards that are, you know, kind of weird shaped and stuff. Yeah, those seem to have a little bit more problems than the regular cards. Um, yeah, not a lot, but you 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 tend to find poor quality, and especially in the blue. I can't remember the company that made them, um, but these blue retro, uh, 
they were like a light blue knockoff cart that had like Bible adventures and uh, different Bible games and uh, games like that. It, so those those games tend to be a little bit more troublesome than the actual uh, official brand games. Wow. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. That's probably exactly what it was. So, um, well, Baseball Stars was one of those games that you that was really deep for a Nintendo game. In terms of customization, where you can go in and, and create your home team, you could name every player, you could give them all the stats, you could play through multiple seasons and increase the stats of each of your players over the course of the seasons till you maxed them out. Uh, you had to set a payroll, and I mean, it was like there was pretty advanced for a game of its time. Um, but the 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 big, terrible, horrible, no good, awful, very bad thing that would happen was if you accidentally hit reset. <laughs> or power before hitting reset uh, that you could erase your whole team. And so they were they were very fickle in this respect where, I mean, you could lose everything very easily. And so, you know, you had to be, uh, you know, you just had to be very careful with how you handled <laughs> your sensitive data. So um, I don't think I'd ever want to really play it or dedicate the time it took to do it, but from a nostalgic and just having the game for me, that would be one of those games that I would like to collect. Um, Super Tecmo Bowls is up there. I have the gold Zelda cartridge. Um, Which is actually but, not uh, the rare version of the game. The rarer version is the gray cartridge. Really? Yeah, less. You would know that, yeah. Uh, it's uh, Less cartridges were produced in the gray color than there were the gold color. I mean, it's not worth very interesting. It's not worth much. It's just you know, it's like maybe five dollars more than the the gold card. But yeah, that's just yeah a bit of knowledge out there. That is a little bit of history for me. Um, you know, and then other things like, uh, there, have you ever heard? I mean, I definitely want Final Fantasy four or three. I want the hard cop. You know, I want the cartridge. <laughs> I want Final Fantasy two, the cartridge. I like Final Fantasy nine, the discs for you know the the PlayStation. Um, those are my favorite Final Fantasies. Uh, but I've got two obscure games that are kind of like my my holy grails. Probably not one of them may be hard to find, harder to find. I don't think either one of them are very uh, either either one of them are very expensive. Um, but I'll save them for uh, for uh, after years. So I wanted to hear what is your or what are some of your holy grail games? Games that you just, you know, you've been searching for. If you, you know, had your druthers and the money, the pocketbook to get it, what would they be? Well, I have several games on that list, but I have actually acquired two of my holy grail games. Um, and I would say within the last year, um, both of them were acquired last year, 2017. Go 2017. Um, Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> the first one was uh, Earthbound. Um, Super Nintendo Earthbound was... Now, is that Mother 3, or what is that? Which Mother one 2 is, what? Uh, in Japan. Mother 2. Yeah, okay. And Earthbound is one of those RPG games that I'm kicking myself in the ass that I never played when I was a child. Uh, because that game is amazing. It is. It has humor. It has an amazing story. Uh, the graphics for its time were just freaking amazing. The sound is awesome. Uh, the game had a horrible, horrible marketing push here in the United States. Uh, the marketing for the game just made absolutely no sense. They 
they came with like uh, I don't know if you remember your Nintendo powers and stuff back in the day. Oh yeah, they had uh, these smelly stickers in there, and it was like this game really stinks and all sorts of stuff. And just the marketing for it just made no sense. It didn't have anything to do with the game, and I think that's why it didn't do so well. That and also it came out towards the end of the Nintendo's lifespan, uh, Super right. NES's lifespan. Um, but I found that that's game, why it missed me. I had already moved on. Correct. We moved on to Nintendo sixty four. You know, we were right. already playing Star Fox and all those other games. But uh, this is a game I've been searching for for a while, and I, you know, it it goes up there in price on eBay, usually about two, three hundred dollars, depending on cart. Uh, if you get it complete, where complete means the, you get the box, the inserts, uh, all the all the manuals and everything, and the uh, the player's guide, because that game came with a Nintendo Power player's guide. Um, that can go oh, anywhere yeah. between eight hundred to a thousand dollars. So it's, it's, it's a pretty rare rare in the sense that it's hard to find because no one's selling it type game. Um, right. No one's letting it go easily. You could find a whole bunch of them on eBay, and uh, you got to be careful on eBay because people are doing repro carts now, and we can get into that later if you want. But <laughs> I was at a convention last year, and I just happened to be walking up and down, and um, there was a vendor there who had the game in a box, and he was selling it for $100, and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, dude, you know, what's wrong with that? And he, there was a, the game itself has a little tiny tear in the corner of the label. And like I said, I'm not buying these games to resell them later. I'm buying them because I want to keep them. I want to collect them. They're, these are games that I've always either wanted to play or just want to keep. So I was able to talk him down to 80 bucks, and I bought Earthbound um, on Super Nintendo for 80 bucks with a slightly torn label. I was excited. Um so that was one uh, of my uh, Holy Grail moments last year. The other one is a game on uh, Sega CD called Night Trap. You do want that one. I got that one. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Night Trap. Uh, and I do remember this now. I remember you posting that in chat. Yeah. I don't have Night Trap on Sega CD, which is a game I am looking for right now. Um, but I did acquire probably the most perfect version of the game to come out during that time, which was on the Sega uh, 32X. And um, I, I acquired that at a, the Classic Game Fest last year. I found it for, it was like 80 bucks the guy was selling it for. Again, yeah, about 80 $85. Uh, and I picked it really? up. And I mean, it is pristine. The box is perfect. The games don't even look like they've ever been touched. The manual is pristine. Well, and, there's no reason to play that game. So. Yeah, it's a horrible game. But... Um, <laughs> it was one I always wanted. As a matter of fact, I've gone so far to, uh, as uh, PS4 just released uh, the 20th anniversary or whatever edition of it. And yeah. I went to uh, uh, Limited Run Games and I ordered the collector's edition and the PC version of that game so I can actually play it. Um, so the, the PS4 version I left sealed in a package. It's the complete collector's edition. I uh, haven't even opened it. Um, that's just sitting on the shelf right there next to the 32X version. And the PC <laughs> version I have installed, and I, I actually played it. And it's, yeah, the game still sucks, but it's not that. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. But yeah, that was a Holy Grail game of mine that I acquired. Very nice. That's awesome. Well, for me, um, I, have a, I have a few. I, I take it back. I said I had two, I have three. Um, I have a, a a Sega CD one that I want as well, and I've actually t spoken about it. It's in my top games. It's 
maybe in the games that define me as well. It's just one of my favorite games. I think it's underrated on the on the Sega CD. I think it is to me one of the top two or three games that ever came out on it. And I think there's really only five that were any good. <laughs> uh, so, but for me, this is this is the number one, the best game that came out on that system. And it's Dark Wizard. Dark Wizard uh, was a uh, kind of an RTS almost, uh, where you you got to pick one of four characters, and each one of those characters had their own set of uh, had their own armies mm-hmm. essentially. So you, uh, you know, like Robin was a character, uh, and I remember her just because she was one that I, one of the two that I remember playing uh, with most. Robin had like griffins and uh, a very particular type of dragon, and and you could, uh, you know, upgrade your dwarves or humans or gnomes or whatever. Or not dwar- gnomes, but halflings. You could uh, give them professions, and as they leveled up over the course of time, they would you could uh, they could evolve into something else. But you had agency of that. Like you got to pick what they want became. They could become clerics or warriors or whatever. Um, so, but not everybody. I mean, you got to pick that. So, I if I wanted to to have almost like just exclusively griffins, I could do something like that, you know. But you had to have balance. You had to have so many griffins because they're flying. You had to have so many that could heal. You needed to, you know, you needed to create, and there was some strategy behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, and and uh, and you just you had to march across countryside. You had to battle all these, uh, conquer these different kingdoms, and take all your people out of your castle, and and march across and 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 uh, dominate the the maps. And it was hexagonal maps, you know, where you place your characters on the hexagonal uh, places or the little uh, locations and um, real time strategy type game, right? RTS. I mean, essentially, is what it was, and so. But I really enjoyed it. I loved the music. I loved everything about that game, and that's one that, if I could find it, that would that's that probably is my one true holy grail. But also a game that I do want to play. Like I'd play it again. I've tried to find emulators for it. I've tried to find other ways to play it, but there's nothing that would work the same way. You know, I mean, I, if I could play it on the computer, that'd be great. But you still have to figure out a way to save it. Yeah. And um, you know, and so that just it's it's kind of a pain. But now you that said you have a Sega CD, right? I have it, but I don't know if it works. You know, last time I fired it up, it didn't work. So, but I have it. I have the Sega CD. It's probably an easy fix, man. But uh, it, yeah, if you, well, that might that might be. Um, you could buy that game. It looks like right now on eBay for about sixty bucks in the box. That's not bad. Sixty bucks. That wouldn't be too bad. So that my dreams could come true. Uh, <laughs> um, the other two uh, are a little bit more obscure. One of them is. Popeye, Popeye on the twenty six hundred. Um, that's a Miyamoto uh, game. Yes, and it was good, man. In terms of, I mean, back for back in the day, um, it was good, and I remember very distinctly, you know, the the level design. I remember um, that this was one of those games that really enamored me for gaming in general. It was one of the first like games that I played. Um, and I mean, it didn't make me a fan of Popeye any more than I was before. I mean, I enjoyed the cartoons when they came on as a kid, but uh, but anyway, it was just a, it was a, a really cool game, and I think from a nostalgic 
place in my life and just having had that experience with the game I think that's one that I would definitely love to put on the shelf just for my own um, you know for the story that's attached to it now do you actually uh, have an Atari I do not uh, you know that game also was released on NES no I didn't yep. I did not know that yeah I have them on both systems um, Popeye you can actually pick up on Nintendo, uh, on Atari pretty cheap it's about anywhere between 5 and 10 bucks um, but if you were to find it on Nintendo it, it can go between about $15-20 oh okay that's not bad so so far so good I'm under 100 bucks so far um, and then the last one that I want again is obscure, not probably an overly desirable game. This one's gonna uh, but push you one, over the edge. This is gonna push me over the edge. This is the one that no one's gonna have, or it's gonna be worth everything. <coughs> um, and I actually bought it from Blockbuster. I, I actually bought it from Blockbuster. Um, I don't think it was an exclusive though, but I don't know. It may may have been. Uh, it's called Slime World. Slime World is a game that uh, is. It's another couch co-op game, but it's one of these games where you can... Um, there aren't a lot of games out there where you can play with a friend, and over the course of the game, you can kind of choose not to help your friend, and sometimes that leads to really funny events. Um, but basically, the premise of this game is you and a friend are in this alien world. You're dropped in there and you've got these water backpacks, these water like backpacks and spray guns. Uh-huh. So you basically essentially have a water gun. And over the course of you going throughout all the levels and both of you have to go through all the levels. You have to kind of follow each other through the levels. Um, you have to avoid these Venus flytrap type things and all this green slime that gets on you. And so if you start getting covered with all this slime, your your buddy or whoever's with you has to spray you with his water gun to get you cleaned off. And you can choose not to do that. You can also choose, if you're too far ahead on the map, to not tell the person, oh, yeah, by the way, there's a Venus flytrap right there. As soon as you come in the door, it's going to kill you, and, and it kills them, and then everybody laughs. It's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> but it, it was a game that I played a ton, probably – middle school early high school it's on the sega genesis it's fantastic it's just a lot of fun it's now, a lot of fun to play with somebody else not as much fun to play by yourself this is like it's called to todd's adventure in slime world that's probably it yeah that's probably it yeah it's running about 52 dollars complete in box uh 20 dollars loose i need it in the box i think <laughs> uh you can also get it for atari links if you have it on atari links yeah, but who wants that? Unless you're collecting just the systems. <laughs> so yeah, that is a pretty obscure game. I don't see very many on eBay. Well, how about that? I never even heard uh, of that game. Yeah, it's it's an obscure game, but it's one that I'm definitely a big fan of. Huge fan. A lot of fun. If we if you have a Sega Genesis and we get that game, that would be a game I would love to um to play over at your place. So That'd is, be a lot of fun. Is that where Miyamoto got the idea for uh, uh, Super Mario Sunshine with the jet water jetpack? <laughs> That's we can. You know what? We can speculate. We could even start a rumor right here. So Super Mario <laughs> Sunshine was actually based off of Todd's adventure in Slime World. Playing loose and fast with the details here. There you That's go. Right. That's right. That's what you you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, any final thoughts on uh, on retro game collecting? There's a ton of stuff we can go into, and we'll definitely have to do another, another show on uh, maybe some of the do's and don'ts. Yeah, d- but don't buy all the games that you see on the shelf. Leave some for other people. That's right. <laughs> yeah, just one copy per person, man. Come on. So, any any closing thought, final thoughts on uh, on this this topic that is is definitely a, a near and dear love yeah, of yours. More and more people are getting into game collecting. Just remember, do it because you actually want to play these games and you know enjoy collecting them, not because you're trying to make money. Um, because right. you're not going to make money. <laughs> off of this classic game stuff unless you buy or find these rare games and more than likely everybody else already owns these rare games and you're going to have to pay the money to get these games so it's just not worth it so just get into collecting just to collect and play these games not not to make money that's my final thought i like it yeah i mean you you collect them for the love of it, and that I mean that's the only reason I still collect comic books. You know, for me, and this is my final thought on it. I have I don't have a ton of comic books. I haven't sold a lot of mine either, but I really only collect the ones I want, and I collect ones that I don't ever really plan on selling to begin with. Like I I want that particular comic book, and I want it for this reason. I didn't buy it to sell or make money. Uh-huh. You know, and and that's how I've gone into everything. Anything that I've collected. Um, and I, you know, I, I learned that to his, to some extent from an old collector that that uh, sold his collection to open a comic book shop. And I asked him one day. I said, "How how how difficult is it? You know, because you, you're surrounded by all these comic books. You you have all of these. I mean, essentially, you own every comic book you could ever want. Correct. How do you how do you kind of make peace with selling these pieces of you know of your collection?" And he said, you know, really, I just, I, I've stuck to just the things that I really, really love. Like, what did I feel like I just didn't want to part with? Whether it was worth money or not worth money, I had to draw a line somewhere, you know? Uh, because if you if you go into it wanting to make money, nothing really is off limits. Correct. You know, you have to be, you have to sell everything. And he said, so for me, I had to be very selective as to what I was going to keep in my collection. And so for somebody who owned 10,000 or tens of thousands of comic books he only kept about 15 or 20 and they were some of the most obscure that I would have thought of uh, that would have been like you have X-Men number one you've got Spider-Man you know uh, but no he had like Conan the Bar, you know Conan the Destroyer and uh, you know some of these older you know kind of less mainstream you know titles that uh that are actually worth a lot of money but wouldn't have been the ones that i would have first thought they're not the ones that are the most popular you know correct so you know for me i was like if you're gonna collect collect what you really want like you said go in and 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 collect for yourself don't worry about collecting uh necessarily to make money because like you said you're not going to make any or you're most likely not going to this is not the investment go invest in real estate don't don't invest in in uh, uh, retro games if and that's what you're, if you're you looking know, to don't make get money. me wrong you may go out there and find one of these gyms you know for sure it's possible well, but yeah highly unlikely well but you're not flipping houses you know Correct. you're not you're not you know if if you go and you find one you you may make a score one time two times and that'd be great and more power to you and I hope you do 
you guys out there, if that's what you decide to do, that's great. I'm just saying it's much more fulfilling if you go out and you collect for yourself and you collect for things that, that you really enjoy. You I know? agree. So, well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Daniel for this week's discussion. All of our notes can be found on our website, templegeek.com. You, uh, well, I guess where else is there anything else? We can go ahead and cut this part out because I can't, I don't have any notes. And There's so, templegeek.com. There's, you could also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. But hold on, I've got it. it. My computer came back up. What? Oh my God. Yeah, it sounds like an update issue, man. Okay. Okay. Okay, we're, we are wrapping. Here we go. Closing. And that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Daniel for this week's discussion. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or just reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. If you like what you hear, tell your friends and head over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and please subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time.